Hello and welcome back to After the Whistle Sports Podcast. I'm Dylan and I'm joined by Jack. And we're ready for another great weekend of college football. Um, we're actually recording this on Thursday night. So a little bit later, we, we, we had some midterm, midterms going on, some tests and stuff. But I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't go a week before, especially this week of college football. We, we wouldn't yeah. ask this. Uh, this is a big week. Uh, we had a we week. had a big last week. We have a big week coming up. Uh, let's just jump right into last week. I mean, we there were a lot of upsets. I mean, it seems like the yep. same story every week. Uh, there were some huge ones. What do you want to talk about first, real quick? I, I want to talk about the new college football record number of overtimes. Nine overtimes wow, yeah. between between Illinois and Penn State. And Illinois won the game. So just a complete blundering um, on the part of, of Penn State there. I mean, you can't lose that at home. You To Illinois, you had seven chances for two-point conversions. Because, okay, that's another topic, the new rule change for um, after the second overtime instead of, like, a, a normal overtime period. Uh, each team gets a turn from the two-yard line for one play of a two-point conversion. And each team kept missing them. So we went on to nine overtimes. And um, they couldn't – Penn State couldn't do it. They, they literally couldn't get one. Illinois yeah. ended up just winning the game. It was absolutely crazy. And James Franklin's – right now his head's in, uh, head's in L.A. So. That's true. How about the fact that it was nine overtimes – and the game was still 20 to 18. Did they, did the yeah, over well, even hit? Like, I don't think so. No, the over did not hit by about like 15. No, by about like 20. Wow. Um, I just want to hear your opinion real quick. Are you a fan of the new overtime rules? I don't know. I would say probably not really. I mean, like, I get that there were problems with the old ones, but like, it just seems like it's just odd. Like, it's like penalty it, kicks. Like, yeah, to me, it, it reminded it's me of penalty like a kicks. Real, yeah, I don't know. I like where they have to drive down the field and, like, you know. Like, I think there needs to be some sort of way to, like, solve the discrepancy based on, like, who goes first and whatever. Because uh, that is obviously, like, a, too big of a determiner in, in both methods. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if I like, you know, the situations like the one we had are able to arrive. I, I don't I'm fairly torn for this. Like, I, I like it for a regular season just because it's it's, like, a penalty kick shootout. But like if I'm in the playoff in a bowl game and that's how I lose my season, this is not good. Like I feel like they should do something where um, we we use the new overtime rules for the regular season, but once you get into postseason play, like it's go- it goes back to the normal ones. That's just my opinion. I-, I feel like that's the best way to do it. Yeah, quick. I'll touch on my player of the week. He was in this game. Uh, Illinois running back Chase Brown ran for 233 yards. I'm uh, like. 30 something carries. I mean, he's he's been he's been good. Uh, but he's not been this good. Uh, I, I think our, our player of the week, you know, he's a little bit out of diversity. It can't just be uh Kenneth Walker and Matt Corral every week. So uh I'm happy to see somebody else uh you know tearing up the grid on. He's I mean, when you watch him play, like it's obvious that he's like the only NFL player possibly on that Illinois team. Um he's really explosive, he bro- broke a ton of tackles. Like that's what set yeah. him apart for me was that he wasn't just running through free holes. Like he had to create yards for himself. And those yards after contact were also huge for him. Um, 
let's move on to maybe like I don't know. Do you want more upsets or let's or just we touch on to... a couple more real quick? The Coastal Carolina game, you were right on. Appalachian State won after a Coastal 14-0 uh, came out. Oklahoma State lost to Iowa State. Uh, and kind of sort of a surprising game. I- Iowa State, l- let me just say, though, Iowa State was favored by seven. And we, we said on the podcast that Iowa State was going to win this game. So, I mean, while it, it is an upset okay. in terms of ranking, like, I- Iowa State's also, I just want to touch upon this real quick because we don't have a segment for them here. But Iowa State, of course, starts off the year. They have two losses um, after going into the season. Like, like uh, I think they're ranked number eight going into the season. They've looked really good recently, and I honestly think that I'm, I am I want to see what they can do when they play the, the top teams in the Big 12, like the Oklahomas or I mean, the they, they have a great coach, and they have a great run. They're good. And Xavier Hutchinson, who I didn't know about before the season, that's my fault, wide receiver, was absolutely dominant. Yeah, he was just incredible. Brock Purdy is going to be Brock Purdy, and, you know, it's a good team. Brees Hall is finally starting to get it back together, like – this, to me, is a team that, if they continue to play like this, could be a New Year's Six-type team or a team that could somehow surprise itself <laughs> in the Big 12 championship. I mean, and the other thing is Oklahoma State was never the best team. They weren't. They, I mean, they, they weren't, but that's still a solid team. Like, no, yeah. NC State lost, Purdue lost. I mean, you know, those are – who cares? But whatever. Uh, the other one I want to talk about real quick is Oklahoma Kent. This was a thrilling game. The spread was – get this. 38 and a half. Penn's have been dismal. Yeah, and yeah. they were winning at halftime. Penn did not. I, I hate to say it, but Kansas straight up outplayed them for about three out of the four quarters. I Kansas agree. outplayed them. Um, it, I will note, though, Oklahoma had four of its defensive backs injured. So it was playing the third stringers out there, defensive back. But Kansas, it's it's Kansas. It's Kansas. Kansas. Th- this, team, this team is so bad. Historically. Did they stormed the field when they beat, like, Ka- no, they, beat, they beat Texas. No, they beat Texas, and they did storm the field recently. But it's Kansas. And you know what? Like, I don't know. Like, we, we, we have a fraud watch segment. We, we used to have. We don't have it really anymore because it, it, the AP I mean, rankings kind of figure stuff out. Great but. a couple times. Last week, I mean, they, they figured it out. They turned it around. But even scoring 35 on this Kansas defense, like, I mean, Iowa State scored 59, like, two weeks ago. And I liked I liked Oklahoma going into this game. I thought, like, with Caleb Williams, they are going to be able to do it. But he's if been – listen. Me, I would say they would have covered 38. I think. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Listen, if Spencer Rattler's in there instead of Caleb Williams, Oklahoma's probably looking at two losses on the schedule so far. Caleb Williams is single-handedly I – mean, he's single-handedly keeping Oklahoma in the playoff contention. Incredible. True freshman. And listen to the statistic. In the month of October – he's a sophomore? He's a freshman. No. Nope. Yep. Yeah, you might be a redshirt freshman. Whatever. Um, oh, no, he's 18 years old. Wow. He's, he's 18, a true freshman. I know. November he's a true 18, freshman. 2002. That's younger than you, isn't it? That's younger than me. I mean, wow. I could be out here doing the same okay, stuff. Okay, that's, that's incredible. Okay. Anyways, listen to this statistic. In the month of October, and, and Caleb Williams has – he's split carries, right, at the beginning of the month, okay? The, he's the top player in terms of expected yards per rush as a quarterback, okay? So expected yards per rush in each rush play. He leads the nation as a quarterback. Look at his rushing yards for yeah, the month great. of October, splitting carries and as a quarterback. Absolutely like, – 
he is uh, – we think about the Oklahoma guys, the Oklahoma quarterbacks at the Kylers, the Bakers, Baker Mayfields, those guys. And this dude's only a true freshman, and I'm already starting to put him into that tier. Like, people forget how young he is and, and how – he didn't even have a full training camp as the number one quarterback. He was taking reps with the twos. It, uh, incredible. Incredible. Yeah. My, my last fun fact before I move on is one of the sophomores in my frat was a wide receiver on Caleb Williams' high school football team when he was the quarterback. Damn, do, do we get a shout-out or no? Is he, is he not uh, – does he not get enough playing time for a shout-out here? Uh, he's, he's on the UCLA rugby team. Uh, Jack Garland, if you're watching this, yeah, that's pretty sick. Uh, I want to move on to to my player of the week. And honestly, like, I'm going to do a dual player of the week. Caleb Williams is one of them. I've already talked about him. But Kenny Pickett, who's, for me, the the top of the Heisman um, chart right now, he's been incredible. Like, he's looking like the the top quarterback out of this class so far. Um, We might touch upon him later. But Kenny Pickett, like, he's putting up – crazy numbers just beat Clemson this week and it's I guess Clemson but uh Pitt played really well and, and it was basically most of it due to Pickett so he can make every throw on the field and his stats are crazy but let's go on to our power rankings we're bringing back the power rankings for this weekend uh I'm gonna start at <laughs> I have a number why 11, not I have it. a number 11 team as well so <laughs> again we're going back <laughs> to the top 10 with the 11 team so my 11th team is Kentucky. Again, like I, there's not much to say besides the fact that they were, were coming off a bye. Uh, the week before, of course, they, they lost to Georgia, but everyone loses to Georgia. Um, there's still, I think, a, a team that is in SEC contention here for like the top four or five teams in the SEC. But Kentucky, I mean, it's the same Kentucky we, we've talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, in my 11, I have Clemson. Just kidding. Uh, so in my number ten spot. Wait, what? At ten, I have Oregon. Um, maybe a hot take, but I was at this game. Uh, I was very tired. To be fair, because it was a game day, so I wasn't like paying super close attention. But Oregon did not look that good. I mean, Travis Die like had four touchdowns on like ten yards, which is kind of a really weird stat line. Uh, and they ended up only winning by three. I mean, UCLA went off to a 14-0 lead and then almost came back at the end, uh, you know, only ended up losing by three. UCLA has just absolute coaching, you know, it's just a travesty what's going yeah, on what's right up now. there, Jack? What's up? What, what, what's happening with know. Chip Kelly's team? I'm, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty disenchanted with Chip Kelly. Uh, I, I've kind of moved on from trying to blame, like, DTR and, and more. Uh, on the coaching staff, but I, I mean, Oregon's defense clearly has can be elite. They showed it against, you know, really dynamic Ohio State offense. But from what I've seen the last couple of weeks against, you know, UCLA, Berkeley, Stanford, this is not a top five team or a playoff team. In my mind. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm gonna go to my tenth team, and that's Pitt. Uh, Pitt. I mean, they have one loss in the season. It's a bad loss to Westford, Western Michigan. I mean. Again, like that was a fluke, really fluky game, and I'm, that's not an excuse. But if we're doing power rankings in terms of the top teams that like you you not want to face, I mean Pitt's up there. They could put up the points with just about anyone. Um, I think that they're 
pretty far and away the best team in the ACC. They have a Heisman contender, Kenny Pickett. Their defense is pretty solid. They just blanked Clemson. Um, they've looked really good. You know, that's why I think that they deserve that 10th spot. Uh, yeah, in my ninth spot, I have Kentucky. Uh, you, you touched on it. I mean, obviously, the one loss was to Bama or to Bama, no, Georgia. 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 Uh, I mean, besides that, this looks like a pretty complete team. I, you know, I think they can, they can, they can, on both sides of the ball, can compete. You know, I don't think they're on the same level as Georgia and Bama. Uh, you know, they beat Florida. I, I think they could beat, you know, maybe not Ole Miss, uh, who I have a little higher. Uh, but besides that, like, you know, against Auburn, LSU, uh, I'm definitely taking Kentucky. All right. At my eighth spot, I got Ole Miss. I'm going to keep it a little bit quicker so we can get through these. But, um, again, same Ole Miss. They, they went in uh, a couple weeks ago, beat Tennessee. Um, I believe they're coming off by this week. I, I'm not sure about that one. But um, they're going to go up and face Auburn. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. So Ole Miss is, is – has been sticking around my like seven through 10 spot every week, week in, week out. So I'm sticking with them at eight. Yeah. I got almost it. I think you have almost at nine. I have almost at eight. Oh yeah. Uh, never mind. It's okay. It's hard to uh, read sometimes. Yeah, no, it's all good. I mean, Matt Corral, I think he is my still Heisman favorite uh, in my mind. I mean, they, they smacked this LSU team. Lane Kiffin's doing a great job on the offense. Uh, I, I think this is, Far and away, the third best team in the SEC. All right, so let's go. On. All right, yeah. So that was my not. That was my ninth team. My eighth team is Cincinnati. Um, they only won by seven against Navy. Really not not good after last after last week. They're my number two team. And um, you know what? Like I like Cincinnati. I've been defending Cincinnati this entire time. Then they looked like garbage, so I'm moving them down. I mean, I mean, who would have thought that there's a week where I have Cincinnati above you up there? If you watch, if you listen to every podcast, it's basically me just talking trash about Cincinnati. I'm saying, oh, this is the second best team in the country every single week. Whatever. We'll see how it shakes out. At seven, I have Oklahoma. Uh, you know, this game against Kansas, we, we touched on it. Yeah, they, yeah. I think this team has the pieces to honestly compete for a national championship. I, I think so. I don't know if they can beat Georgia, but I think this is a playoff caliber team. But I mean, if you what, it ain't did not look like it. <laughs> it did yeah. not look good. That was an ugly yeah. game. All right, I'm gonna hurry up here. And at my seventh and sixth spot, they're pretty much interchangeable because they're gonna play this week. I got Michigan and Michigan State. Not much here. We're gonna talk more about them when we go over our uh, predictions for the weekend. So, who do you have at uh, at seven, Jack? Or at six, so at six. I'm six so bad with the numbers Cincinnati. today. I'm terrible. Six times Cincinnati, whatever. We, we beat the dead horse. At four and five, I have Michigan and Michigan State as well. Uh, I, I have Michigan State above, and I'm sure we'll talk about this soon. Both these teams have looked good on, on the offense. Uh, maybe could both do a little better on defense. Uh, but it's going to be a very, very fun uh, hey, wh- game. What do you say about defense? Uh, I, I don't yeah. know. Michigan's defense, both those defenses, I think, are really good, actually. I mean, but Michigan, I, Michigan has the second best scoring defense besides Georgia. They're literally the number two defense. As for well, points allowed? Yeah. I mean, I guess, but to be fair, like, if you look at their schedule, it's like Georgia's playing as big as big SEC teams. I mean, Northwestern, 29 points to Nebraska. Wisconsin can't score at all, and they scored 17. 
I don't know, directional Michigan, garbage directional time. Garbage time, Jack. It's all in garbage time. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this week goes. All right, I'm going to move on. And number five, I got Oregon. I disagree with you. I think they're playing really good football now. Um, K- uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, like, he looked healthy and dominant, which he should when he's healthy. And um, he was really good for them last week. I still believe in this Oregon team. I, I think that a slight hiccup for a couple of those weeks when they had a ton of injuries and guys go down. But I think they're starting to adjust to that. Of course, like they have some big road wins. I mean, this weekend against UCLA or last weekend against UCLA. And then you can't ignore like the win over Ohio State by like a couple of touchdowns, which is still incredible. Um, Anthony Brown is starting to get it going. He played his best game of the year, I think, and he got injured a little bit at the end. But um, he Oregon's good. And, and I think Oregon, if the Pac-12, in, in terms of like in recent years where the Pac-12 – hasn't really looked like they had a playoff contender. I think Oregon is a legit playoff contender. I think they are. Uh, but they're going to have to run the table, and they might need some help from other teams losing. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I don't know how we got out of this, but it's three, I have Ohio State. Uh, I mean, they, they've been really, really good the last since they played Oregon. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, their last five point totals, 54, 66, 52, 59, 41. That's crazy. I mean, the lowest points they scored was 28 against arguably one of the best defenses in the country was Oregon. Uh, I mean, this team has two of, in my mind, easily top 10 wide receivers in college football. C.J. Stroud has done a good job. I believe they're coming off by uh, – no, they I mean, played. Uh, really power they played Maryland, I think. Did they? No. Well, they played. No, they played Maryland too. Um, Whatever. I don't know. I think oh. the third best team in the country right now. I don't really think they're the same caliber as Michigan State and Michigan, despite having a worse record. Yep. Right. I'm gonna go to. <laughs> we're we're both on like different numbers of our rankings somehow, but I'm just gonna go do a couple of these. I have Ohio State at. <laughs> oh wait. I've okay now I've OU at four. We've talked about them. I got Bama at three. Um, they're still looking just incredible. I mean, there's that blunder against Texas AM was just a loss. I mean, I gotta treat it the same way, but Texas AM has been playing better football recently. At number two, I got Ohio State. I mean, they're the best offense in the country, so I feel like I have to put them there. Their defense is a lot better. Um I don't know. I, I think that they could contend with Georgia right now for who's playing like the best football or who I wouldn't want to play currently. And then you got Georgia at number one and, and they haven't changed. Um, it's Georgia. They've been dominant all year. They've only allowed like seven touchdowns <laughs> the entire year, which is crazy. Um, I mean, it's Georgia there. Yeah. Uh, at two, I have Bama. I mean, a like they were a, a preseason, what, number five overall. Like they, Really had the talent. I mean, they've they've had their fair share of struggles, but Bama since then has just looked like Nick Saban has been a man on a mission. This team will not lose a game to a team that is not the Georgia Bulldogs. If, I agree. If, if even that, I mean, I Alabama or Georgia will win the national team. Period. Ooh, Number okay. One, we're I doing that right now. Okay. What? I said we're doing we're doing nat- Natty. We're doing national I'm just, championship. I'm just saying, like. It's going to happen. Like, Ohio State, they're good. Some of these other teams, like, it's cute. But, like, Georgia's defense has just been 
one of the best we've ever seen in college football yep. at, at, up to this point. Uh, their offense has been adequate to support said unbelievable defense. Jordan Davis is an absolute specimen. This team will be number one, and they are going to hammer Florida. Yep. Okay. Those are the power rankings. They're, they're, they're looking as solid as always, and we can't wait to see at least three of those teams go down this weekend. So um, let's move on to our predictions for week nine. We got a loaded slate here. Starting off the game of the week, game day, my Michigan Wolverines against, uh, I think, what are they again? Oh, like Spartans? Yeah, Michigan State. So Bro, you actually <laughs> – it's 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 respect week, Jack. Okay. <laughs> um, you, you can start off here. I want the last word. So the line is Michigan minus four. This is tough. This is definitely tough. It's on the road at Michigan State. Uh, you probably know better about all you know the past meeting statistics and all the stuff like that. Just from watching these two teams this year, this is tough. I think. I, uh, I'm going to ride with Michigan. I think, I mean, I think it's going to be a close game. I'm not going to bet on this game. I would recommend staying away from it like fire. Uh, it could definitely go either way. Both teams have, have some, you know, really good elite running backs. Uh, you know, Blake Forum, uh, Kenneth Walker. Uh, both teams' defenses, as you were, you know, have, have done, done pretty well. Uh, and I think it's just going to come down to a few big plays, you know, a big interception, a big fumble, one nice catch. Uh, we'll see. What do you think? Um, I think that this is going to be just a classic Big Ten matchup, especially with these two teams. It's going to be all defense here. Um, I think both run games are actually going to be fairly like stopped. I just think the run, the scheme going in for both teams is going to be stop the run. Uh, against both Kenneth Walker and then the tandem of Corum and Haskins. Uh, It's supposed to be a really windy, cold, maybe some rain day. It's going to be an absolute slugfest. With that being said, I've seen too many Michigan games. I think MSU is going to come out with the win here, as much as I hate to say it. Hopefully hopefully Michigan can prove me wrong, but this just seems like one where all signs are going to be pointing to Michigan going in, and then it's something fluky is going to happen and Michigan State is going to win. But – um, if Cade McNamara plays his best game of the season, I think Michigan will win handedly, no matter how well MSU plays, just because I think Michigan's got a lot more talent. But again, this seems like one of those games where Michigan State wins. And so that's that's my prediction going in. Hope I mean, it's not I true. Think the most interesting thing is that, you know, both these teams were not ranked in the preseason. Yep. Well, really, I don't even think they were ranked till like week three. And now these are both top 10 rankings. How crazy. I mean, that is not, like, that does not happen. Like, they don't usually mess up that bad. Yeah, but I, I think it's like an overcorrection to the years where they've overranked Michigan to start the season. And they just, I mean, Michigan has top 10 talent year in and year out. It's just what type of team you're going to get. So Michigan State, Michigan State is a, a wild card more because coming into the season, I thought that that, that was a team that was going to be 7-5 and five or 8-4 and four at best. But Mel Tucker has really done a great job there. And um, I think he's done too well of a job to the point where the guys down south at LSU are, are looking at him with uh, some pretty big eyes here. Quick question. Do you think in your four years in Michigan, they will beat Ohio State? 
I hope they do. I, I don't think they will, though. Really? Ohio State I, I is crazy know. good. J.J. McCarthy is like a junior, maybe? I don't know. The, Ohio State's crazy good. Um, the, the thing is, like, with, with, that, with that type of game, usually the better team's going to win or the more talented team. And Ohio State's just – has way more talent than basically everyone else in the country besides Alabama. So it, it's really difficult if you're Michigan. Um, damn, that was pretty somber, actually. Can we, can we, can we get on more excited games here? <laughs> of course, the, the – the I mean, that more... is me. I picked, I picked against UCLA and then, you know, Oregon yeah. and, you know. Well, Let's go to Iowa, Wisconsin. <laughs> and Iowa, Wisconsin is the perfect game to talk about explosive offenses who are going to be putting up 50 points a game. Um, no. <laughs> I, I honestly think this game might be 10 nothing. I got 10 nothing Wisconsin. The over-under is 37. No, I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I got 10 nothing Wisconsin wins. I think their defense is dominant, <laughs> best defense in the Big Ten by a while. Um, Graham Merce just can't throw three interceptions, and I think they win 10 nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Iowa is without D.B. Uh, Riley Moss for the second game in a row. Uh, Big Ten's co-leader in interceptions, which is definitely a big factor and maybe, you know, a reason why the defense didn't fare as well against Purdue. I am going to take Iowa. That's really sad. Uh, do, do you have Iowa 10 nothing? <laughs> coming off a of bye, I'm going to take Iowa 13-7. to uh, Okay. A little bit of a high score in a fair. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, the story is going to be defense. Both these teams aren't exactly explosive offenses. Uh, I think I think the Hawkeyes go into Camp Randall and, you know, show that the, them being ranked number two in the country was uh, not, not, not all in vain. Okay. Let's go down to the SEC for the uh, Georgia-Florida matchup rivalry game here. This line is huge. The Braves are in the World Series. And I'm going to give you a quick statistic. Just, it's not my prediction, but every year, actually, I don't know. I don't even know how many years the Braves have been in the World Series. But every time the Braves have been to the World Series, Florida has beaten Georgia in the football game. That will not happen this weekend. Georgia's going to go out there and win. I think it's going to be closer than people expect. We've seen Florida keep it close against Alabama earlier in the year. Their running game is really solid. Um, I think if Anthony Richardson is, is playing in this game for most of the snaps, it'll be a lot closer than if Emory Jones was playing. But I, I, Georgia's going to win just because that defense has been absolutely dominant. But watch out. I mean, Florida will keep it close. Like I, I could see a game like Kentucky where Georgia's just in, winning the entire time, but Kentucky has some chances. In this case, Florida will have some chances. Um, what do you think? Here's the thing. Florida's three losses are to Bama, and they lost by – and they could have easily won that game. They lost Kentucky, which you just mentioned, by a score. And they lost LSU in a really good game by a score. They're at home. All that being said, I think Georgia handily wins this game and covers 14 points. Uh, I just do. I just think the defense is too good. I think Florida has an explosive offense. But I don't think – I mean, what, they scored 13 points against uh, Kentucky – uh-huh. They scored. I mean, I, I, if you score thirteen against Kentucky, you're just like what? You're, you're gonna get shut out by Georgia? Like I, I don't know. I just I just don't think. I don't. These teams are just not at all the same caliber. In my opinion. Yeah, 
All right, let's move on to another SEC matchup. I got Ole Miss against Auburn here. Um, this could be a great one because Auburn is just one of those teams that ends up sticking around. They're, they're lower ranked, but they end up playing good teams. They, they come out with one win a year that, like, they're going to beat someone that they shouldn't beat. Um, I would honestly be worried if I'm Ole Miss going to this game. I just think Auburn's strengths are their, their defensive backs and their run game. And I think that aligns well in terms of a matchup with Ole Miss. But Lane Kiffin, I've talked about Lane Kiffin on here. I talked to his Ole Miss team. I really like this team a lot. But this one's going to be close. Like, this is going to be a classic SEC matchup where it comes down to the last drive. And I think Matt Corral comes out and uh, they win this game. I mean, you kind of recovered it. But it seems like (laughs) Auburn has the same story every year where they, like, are ranked, like, somewhere from 18 to 23, and then they end up like randomly beating like Bama or something like that. I don't know. I think Ole Miss wins too. But like, you never know. Like, his Auburn team lost to Penn State, who obviously lost yeah. to Illinois. Like, college football is so crazy. Like, we could, we could just like, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we should get close some our eyes and like have yes. monkeys throw darts at a dartboard and probably predict some games. Yeah. Let's go I to like Col- Ole Miss too. Let's go to Cup more. Let's go to the ACC actually for this one. UNC against Notre Dame. Again, Notre Dame still looking. I think they still have like a 30% chance, according to the ESPN playoff predictor, of making the playoff just because their schedule is so easy. But uh, UNC, I mean, Sam Howell is still there. I mean, UNC hasn't been terrible. They just have been below expectations here. I think Notre Dame should win, but I- I'm really curious to see, like, I don't know. I, I want to see some sort of progression from this Notre Dame team because they came into the year highly ranked. They were looking bad. They went into overtime against Florida State. Close game against Toledo. They lost to Cincinnati. But I, I think this team has a lot of talent. And so on the offensive side of the ball, that's where their, their struggles are. And so I, I need to see something from them. Because I do think this is a New Year's Six team. Yeah. I mean, North Carolina really made, besides maybe Miami, Iowa State, and a and has got to be one of the biggest underperformers this year. I mean, yeah. I thought they were a top 10 team in the preseason. I really did. I mean, obviously, they lost Javante and Michael Carter uh, in that uh, one linebacker. But, you know, Sam Howell, wide receiver Josh Downs, uh, I mean, Ty Chandler, these guys have been playing pretty well on the offense. It's just like the defense just cannot, cannot figure it out. Uh, Let's I think I'm going to take Notre Dame just because of how much talent they have, and they feel like Notre a much Dame. more complete team. Uh, but at some point, it's just like, when, like, will North Carolina ever figure it out? Like, I don't know. Probably. It's, it's, it's a little bit strange. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to uh, two more matchups. Penn State against Ohio State. Penn State, of course, coming off the big loss to Illinois. Ohio State's been looking dominant, but it seems like James Franklin always plays Ohio State close. I don't know. Like it, it, Clifford wasn't a hundred percent going into the game last week, and it was really apparent. You could definitely see it. But apparently, Frank uh, or Clifford's ready to go against Ohio State this weekend. Ohio State should win. I think the line is something like nineteen points or something crazy like that. Like 18 really, and half, yeah. eighteen and a half. I, I would probably take Penn State in the points, just because. I mean, Ohio State's really, really good, but they've had problems on defense early in the year. Um, this is their first like game against this really solid opponent since that Oregon matchup. Um, and it, it just seems like that's a lot of points that they're getting. What do you think? 
I'm definitely with you. I think I think Ohio State wins this game. I think Penn State keeps it closer than 18 and a half. Um, you know, Ohio State's just not gonna put up 55 points like they've been winning against these, you know, these these trash teams. Uh, you know, Oregon had a good defense. Even even that game, their defense is a little roughed up. Uh, Penn State is a great defense. You know, I, I put them in the same caliber as Iowa and Wisconsin in terms of, you know, the Big Ten's top defenses. Uh, I am going to predict this game finishes something like 28-14. Uh, I don't think Ohio State puts up that much. Penn State clearly, you know, might have some struggles. Maybe 28-17. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pick Ohio State to win, but less than that 18 points. Let's go into the last game, the nightcap game, Fresno State against San Diego State. The fighting Brady hoax of San Diego State are currently undefeated. Um, they've won in the most embarrassing fashions. Like, if you watch them play, it, it doesn't even look like the football you're watching the rest of the day because they, like, only run the ball, basically. Um, but they've been good on defense. They have an outstanding run game. Fresno State, though, is only have one loss, and – they're really good as well, and they, they have a great passing attack. So it's basically like, will the San Diego State defense crumble when they face that passing attack, and and will San Diego State be able to run the ball down Fresno State's throat? This one I think is a toss-up. I, I want to pick San Diego State here, but I think Fresno State's going to end up winning through that pass attack. I like Fresno State for sure. I mean, they actually have two losses. There was the game against Oregon and that really weird game against Hawaii that they ended up dropping. Uh, but I mean, I watched them play their offense. It's good. It, it's quality. Uh, you know, their receivers, just the secondary just it's lost. I mean, San Diego state, what their best opponent has been like, I mean, they squeaked one out against Utah. They, they, they haven't like, I don't think this, this, I think this team's getting too much credit. Like, yeah, they're seven. and I would be pretty, pretty shocked. If they didn't play this game. Okay. I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Hopefully we have an awesome weekend of games. Um, again, we're going to try to be doing uh, more of the college basketball previews. We're, we're stuck right now with some midterm stuff, but we're going to get those out before the season. We only have a couple more weeks. Um, let's go have a great weekend. Go blue. Yep. Don't bet on UCLA. Go Bruins. Yeah. And uh, ho- hopefully when we come back next week, I'm going to be in a good mood talking about the Michigan, Michigan state game. <laughs> we, we shall see. It's a big one for sure. Yep. All right. Again, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for next week's and the college basketball episodes. College basketball is in what? Twelve days. I'm so Twelve excited. days, guys. I All wonder. Right. Okay. Do you think we'll have such a tumultuous basketball season too? Or yes. Do you think it'll, yes. Yeah. I'm looking at these rosters. I'm doing some research, and I'm, 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 especially in the SEC. Yeah. I agree. And the ACC. Those are going to be crazy. And the Big Ten, honestly, all three of those are going to be, and the Big Twelve. All three, all four of those conferences are going to be absolutely nuts. I think there's a lot of really good teams this year. That's true. Even the past, I mean, honestly, all of them. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. All right. Have a good weekend, guys. Enjoy the games. Go Blue.